Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Jack Hodgins. Today I'll be discussing the wellbeing of teachers during COVID. We are joined by Lisa Chalmers, Head of Health Clinic and Member of COVID Response Team at Barker College. We are also joined by Lisa Bonatza, who is Barker's Junior School Director of Primary Curriculum. Based in Hornsby, New South Wales, Barker College caters for kindergarten to Year 12 students and has been an educational institution since 1890. Hello Lisa and Lisa, and welcome to the program. Hello Jack, thank you. What is the importance of teachers to our society? Our teachers have a a huge role to play. We're educating students to be active life citizens and global participants. So who we mould them to be and share in their moulding today are the adults of the world tomorrow. So it's it's such an important role. Um, And we actually take on lots of different roles as well, not just as teachers, but as effectively social workers, counsellors, sometimes even nurses, even though we have our lovely school nurses, but lots of different roles really supporting the, the whole child being developed. Oh, what does the other Lisa think? Yeah, oh, I totally endorse what Lisa said. And I think additionally in times like this, we are that extra part of that circle of security for children that they're uncertain, they're confused and they need safe people around them to guide them through what's going on in their external world. And how has COVID affected the educational field overall, do you think? I think it's it's really enforced and encouraged what we do as um, educators. It's a time where education is still so, so important, but we've really had to dig deep and look quite deeply at the importance of wellbeing and how that is embedded even more so now in how we teach and provide those learning opportunities for our students. Uh, To add to that too, I think this, um, the COVID experience over the past two years has really shown the value and importance Mm. of schools and teachers to the very fabric of our society and just how significant a role they play in a healthy and effectively functioning world. Let's talk about your careers for a moment. When did you first start get into the educational field and and why? I knew from a very young age, Jack, that I wanted to be a teacher. (laughs) I think being the the eldest child in a a big family, an extended family, um, I was always the one who would look after the younger children and just really love it and enjoy it. And then decided to to obviously get into teaching. So originally from Perth, I I trained to be a teacher in the 90s and taught in the southwest of WA and then very quickly realised that the impact I wanted to have wanted to be far reaching. So I headed over to Thailand, Mauritius and Belgium and the UK taught overseas and realised that this this career could not only impact children and students, but also their families um, and and also other educators too. So heading back to, to Australia, our home country has been really wonderful to still have that impact globally, but also locally and nationally as well. Um, And my role now at Barker is really about making sure that the curriculum that's being implemented and provided for our students is the very best that it can be. And and also really looking at the wellbeing, not just the outcomes that we tick off. Teaching is so much more than that. Um, And for me, I've always said um, to my family, I have, or my husband and I, we have two children who are now 18 and 21. So they've been through the school system, um, you know, looking at university now. But um, I've always said to my husband, the day that I don't get excited and get out of bed ready to get to work is the day that I won't keep teaching. 
Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely career that's not just, you know, you get to know families so well. Um, that beautiful journey, if the really solid connections are made early on, it means that in later years, perhaps you do get invited to those those weddings or graduations and it's it's about relationship. The students don't always remember what you taught them, um, which for some teachers, you know, they're aghast at that. But um, at the end of the day, they they remember the way that you cared for them and, and loved them and acknowledge them for the individual that they are. And what about you, Lisa, the, the other Lisa? What's your, what's your story with how you got into education and why? Yeah, well, I started off as a paediatric nurse in, in NICU, actually, right at the other end. <laughs> um at the Children's Hospital in Melbourne. And um, very similar to Lisa actually, have lived and worked overseas. So in Singapore, Ireland and Fiji in various nursing roles, but particularly in Singapore, I worked as a school nurse in an international school. And I was actually a matron at like the ripe old age of 28 or something like that. So it was hilarious. They used to call me matron Lisa. Um, but I think at that time, that was the time that really I re- recognised how beautifully, you know, nursing and health and schools can work so well together and that it's not just the acute management of a broken leg or, a you know, cut in science or a burn or whatever. It's actually teaching, you know, part of education is not just teaching um, students to read and write, but it's teaching them about how they look after their bodies mm. for the rest of their life, the, the choices they make about their food, their exercise, their health habits. So we, particularly in our um, health centre here, have a strong focus on education in in health and how they're going to live their life. So we use every opportunity to talk mm. to our students about sexual health and about dental health and mm. all of those incidental opportunities to to create people that finish school certainly being great at reading and writing but also having really solid skills for life for living a, a healthy and well life to echo what lisa said i mean i think all of us look back on our school experience and we can remember those teachers that really cared for us and mattered and i think the nurses here at the health centre at Barker, we want to be those people too. We want the students to feel that they have a safe place with us, that they are cared for, that they're valued and they're loved. And that's what actually it's all about in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like to be a great teacher, you need to have a lot of passion towards it. Oh, yes. And we see that um we see that and we don't see it sometimes with mm. prac students that come in, you know, and um it's a funny thing, you know, working with such passionate people when they come in, they they very quickly realise that they actually need to build that passion or grow it um, mm. or perhaps look for something different to do because you do really need, you do, you need that passion and empathy and love, all of those things to be a, a really good teacher. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the wellbeing of teachers during COVID. My guests today are Lisa Chalmers and Lisa Bernatza, both teachers from Barker College. When the pandemic hit and Zoom became the classroom, how did that affect your workload? Uh, Look, I'll be really honest, but I have to preface what I say, not just about me, but about our teaching staff as well and all of the other staff on Mm. campus. 
that we we actually don't want people feeling sorry for us. You know, I hopefully that you've heard that we actually do love our job and we want the best for for what we do and what we deliver. But unfortunately, it has meant that the 8.30 start and traditional uh, 3.30, 4 o'clock finish um, hasn't been existent for a very long time now due to the pandemic. Um, Starting a lot earlier in the morning to make sure that the tech's working, that the plans are ready, that everything that's happening is, is set up in a way that's going to be very smooth for the students. The minute that we don't have that great connection um, and engaging significant and, and relevant activities, we lose them and we really need to make sure that that on-screen on time that we have is very precious um, and we have them engaged. So doing all of that, um, it's quite easy to turn off the screen at three o'clock at the end of the school day. As you're probably hearing, um, a lot of the planning is actually happening not so much through the day because we're teaching, um, but but into the hours of the evening as well. So, mm. and it's it's much easier to finish in your classroom, get in your car and head home. It's not so easy to move away from a screen. You really can, you know, teaching has always been one of those careers where there is never an end. You can mm. always be doing more. Um, but particularly now, we're really wanting to make sure that it is that quality delivery of, of what we're doing with our students. Um, so it has impacted greatly um, also on teachers' well-being as well. Um, we've made sure that as a school community, um, our HR team, we have a COVID safety team as well, looking at um, some well-being activities, not just for the teachers, but also obviously for students. And sometimes the, the parents are taking on board those as well. We have a great counselling system um, at school as well, where if we're identifying students that are needing just a bit of extra support, um, we're able to have them reach out um, and and have those those elements brought in as well. So, yeah, we don't we don't want people feeling sorry for us. Parents mm. have been mm. amazing in acknowledging, and they are so thankful. Um, I think they know what our job is like because they're at home with their children doing what we Mm. would normally be doing. So we're very appreciative for them as well. Yes, certainly. And I probably would just add that because the teachers are working so hard and they are so committed to their students, um, a big strong focus for us in the health centre has been how do we support those teachers now? How do we make sure that they're okay and look after them and the families too, so that they can then all do their jobs really well. And we have that circle of really great strength and function and kindness around the students. So um, we've been doing wellbeing calls from the clinic um, to the staff. Um, I'm part of the COVID safety team. So we meet actually every single day to talk about what's new and changed and what Gladys has said in her press release and Um, what that's going to mean for our school, how do we get our teachers vaccinated, how do we get our students vaccinated, what does a return to the classroom possibly look like in term four, if that's a possibility, all of those things. So it has certainly, our our roles have broadened significantly and I'm sure that Lisa feels exactly the same, but we're trying to ensure that we're encapsulating not just the students who are very important, but also making sure the teachers are are supported and well too, because it's it's they've got lives and families and Absolutely. students that they're also trying to homeschool at home. So it's um yeah, it's a big it's big. It's big. 
as a teacher with Zoom, how did that change your teaching style? Oh, Jack, we've never had to be more creative ever be- than ever before in our lives. <laughs> um, you know, I think part of that, that loving nature and relationship focus that we have as teachers and also to be knowledgeable, um, really, uh, you know, we have to be part actress and part actor as well. You know, now that we're on on a screen, we mm. we can't go over to the, the group of students working at a table and interact. Um, we've really had all of our staff really upskill um, in terms of how to use an online whiteboard, how to access Google Classroom to be able to tap into all of the different students um, work as they're working at home. So, you know, with 25 students working at home and one teacher working at their home, the ability that these teachers have using technology to be able to go into 25 different platforms to look at individual work and feedback on it, it's it's huge. Um, And there's also, of course, always those children who for some reason technology at home might not be working very well so you're not dealing with a class who are coming onto the mat or sitting at their desk straight away you've got their attention you've got children coming in five or ten minutes late to lessons and have it working out how to recap what you've already said in that first five or ten minute slot Um, You've also got um, lots of issues where we've also got um, parents um, who we as a school believe this is actually okay. Parents are choosing which classes their children go to because they're identifying times when their own children need time off the screen. Mm. Um, So that's really healthy and, and has been really helpful too. But then what do we do in terms of catching those students up who miss those lessons Um, What are we doing at the end of the year towards reporting and feeding back to parents? Um, And also, what do we do? Um, We we don't know that it's actually the students work on their own all the time. Mm. So sometimes the parents are are helping and and that's actually a really good thing too. So we're having higher involvement from from parents, um, which is actually a really positive thing. We're loving that because we are about community, not just at Barker, but all schools, they're about a community um, where all of us are, are learners. But certainly using the online platform, we we have been very blessed in that we had the one-to-one device system. I don't know how other schools are dealing with um, not having the technology available. So we have been very blessed in that area where we've been able to use programs and platforms that we've already had established in the school, um, like Seesaw and Canvas. Um, So we've been able to um, upload work. Students have been able to really quickly grab it, find it, and then feedback. So it's been a great platform to be able to communicate with each other. um, And we keep our lines of communication open through the day as well. So even though we're only teaching four 45-minute lessons a day, those channels for communication for our students, we believe it's really important that we leave those open so they can just send a message at any moment to have that feedback because that's something that they're really missing. And probably the other aspect, Lisa, is all the extracurricular stuff that is actually still ongoing, um, which has actually just amazed me. So the music department have had the lockdown showdown and every... Wednesday night, all the students who play instruments or who sing or sometimes it's the teachers get on and do a musical performance that's shared to the school um, community. They've had, we've had 
quiz nights. Um, we've had um, a move-a-thon last week where students and staff sent in little shots of them doing their exercise. And it's just been a really, like, to just see the creativity and the innovation, the it just amazes me. I just feel incredibly blessed to work with such incredible, incredibly creative people. They're they're amazing. Yeah. And who would have thought that we'd be doing an online um, an online disco? You know, so <laughs> yes. um, you know, little things like that that are just making making the most out of these opportunities. Mm. We could be certainly very upset and down in the dumps about things, but. Each day as it comes, um, mm. make the most of it, get the students engaged, let's not talk to them. I'm very passionate about not telling them about, oh, look, very open with them, but not to say, oh, gosh, we might have another four weeks at home. No, let's just have to, let's do today. Let's have the best fun we can have. Let's learn what we're here to do and see you all tomorrow again at, at nine o'clock for check-in, you know. It's um, yeah. keeping that that upbeat and that helps us too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It does. And the parents' involvement in all of this has been pretty significant too, which is really lovely. Yes. I, I wonder sometimes if it's drawn in families that wouldn't normally be as involved and vice versa perhaps. Mm. So, I mean, it's hard to know. But mm. Is there any changes that happened during COVID that have actually been a great change for the teaching, um, for the role of teaching? Right, let's look at something positive. Uh, <laughs> really, as, as teachers, um, we have, in terms of curriculum, we have a lot of things. It's a very um, sometimes overloaded or crowded curriculum with lots of things to do. I suppose COVID has really made us step back and look at, so NESA, our governing body in, in New South Wales um, for teaching and learning, have actually um, said that during COVID, the head of school, the principal, can um, decide what is to be taught um, and what is to be reported on. And as a school, we've identified, of course, the literacy and numeracy as the key key areas that we focus on. So although um, lots of people all around the world might think that that's an area because the children aren't face-to-face, they're going to fall back, they're not going to fall back. Um, if anything, they may stay where they are, but they won't go back. Everything that they've learnt, they will retain. Um, but they actually will move forward because every day that's a focus, the literacy and the numeracy. We're encouraging them to read. Um, some of the other specialist areas like the art, the music, although they're a fabulous um, contributor to wellbeing for those students that really love those those subject areas, it ha- they have become more of a choice as well. So it has taken back um, in terms of what the necessary outcomes are that we're delivering. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's mm. sort of been the, the focus for us, just making sure that those basic skills have continued and then all of those opportunities have been maintained if children would like to, to opt into those. And we've always said you know, give it a go. It's not always going to be easy at home. If you're finding it challenging and you need to reach out, reach out. Um, If you're unable to do something um, for whatever reason, whether it's a wellbeing, something else is going on at home, it's actually okay. It's it's actually okay. Hmm. Hmm. I think for school nurses, COVID's really meant that the value of having a nurse at school has really been shown. Hmm. Um, That 
schools who have had school nurses, the school nurses have really been brought to the table as far as planning and um, considering all the aspects of health and wellbeing for the whole school. Um, so I think that's been a real plus because that's something that, you know, a lot of the um, better resource schools have had school nurses, but I would argue that COVID's really shown how important it is. Like I think about all that I do here at Barker and how amazing it would be if there was a school nurse in every school in Australia to particularly the lower resource schools to support these students and teachers and families and and capture these kids and families before they get to the cliff and you know from my public health hat um really um having that collaboration of of education for the lifespan yeah Mm. You're listening to Wellbeing, where we are discussing the wellbeing of teachers during COVID. My guests today are Lisa Chalmers and Lisa Bernatza, both teachers from Barker College. What could be done to make things better for all in the teaching profession during this time? Well, it'd be great to be back at school. Um, <laughs> but, at the same, but at the same time, we need to be really um, careful in our thinking about that um, not just from a, you know, a government level, but also from a school level as well. You know, Lisa and her team have been quite outstanding in facilitating um, the vaccination of staff as well with local with the local clinic, um, which has been amazing. But I think in terms of making teachers constantly know and be reaffirmed that they're doing a great job, which they are, they're doing the very best that they can under these circumstances, and just to keep, um, you know, maintaining their their well-being um, and, you know, if, if they're having a day where they're needing some extra support just to reach out, have that really open communication within the school community um, to do that. Um, and I think also, as I said before, the parents have been so appreciative of, of all the, the work and acknowledging all of the work that, that has been done. Um, yes, it's hard teachers would love it another way but they're they're dealing with it they they are passionate about their jobs and what they're doing and they know that there will be hopefully a day when we are able to return to school soon um and and do that I think teachers being teachers as well they've they've been thinking a lot about um the children and their well-being and I think something that we all um you know have shed many tears over is the fact that you know children actually can't always be children the way that we'd love them to be at the moment. They can't play, they can't interact with their their friends the way that they'd be able to to do. So, um, yeah, just the constant support for them, I think, is really, you know, really beneficial. I know as a school we've sent out um, little cards, vouchers to, to every single staff member um, just to reaffirm them and that that's just so, so beautifully, that's been so beautifully well received. Um, and I know of parents who have, um, and certainly this isn't a plug to say parents send your teacher something, but, you know, many teachers have received personal thanks and little gifts, even emails from parents. And it just, it's amazing how just those words can lift someone mm. for mm. not just a day, but for, for a week or two, you know, it's, and that's, I think, at the end of all of this, the thing that we'll go back to we'll look back and think, wow, we we did a good job and, gee, we were appreciated and we did the best that we can. I don't think any teacher out there will think, oh, gosh, I wish I could have done better. Every one of them gets up every day and thinks, 
yeah, what can we what can we do? How can we make today the best day ever? Mm. Yeah, it's those moments, isn't it? The moments of kindness and yeah. And I think from my perspective for teachers, I think what could have been done better is prioritising them as essential workers. So it, it has been hard to get teachers vaccinated because they weren't considered essential workers. And yet right. we wanted schools to be safe places. And sometimes school is the safe, happy place for some kids. Mm. And if we can look as a community at how do we get schools back functioning as soon as possible, I mean, obviously we're constrained by all the health advice and what's going on around, but how I, I think from my perspective that that was a really frustrating part of, um, and certainly now that we will have more access to vaccines in the coming months, it will change, but I, I would consider teachers essential workers, so I that was that was that's probably my one plug for what could have been done better. What would be the take-home from this interview you'd want people to remember the most? I'd I'd love for the message to to be out there that um, if, particularly this is for for parents listening um, and for other teachers as well. Just to just keep doing your your very best if you're at home supporting your child um, with learning. Just do the best that you can. Um, be supported by your community. Be, be supported by your child's teacher and school um, because we are here to help whichever school you're at. Um, the leadership team, the teachers are there are there to help. Um, and we're there because we, we love your children, probably not as much as you do, although we like to think that we do. Um, <laughs> but, but we really do care um, and we are thinking everything that we plan and do is for the, the very best outcome for your child. Um, if you think sometimes we're not doing enough or doing too much, um, rest assured that be guided by what we're doing, be guided by, um, you know, our study in the field we we would like to think that we are experts in what we do although we're not experts at teaching online in COVID we are certainly using all of that great knowledge that we have to do the very best that we can for your children um, and to be reminded that it's not just about your children it's about you as well as parents um, and teachers listening um, from another teacher just well done and and keep going um, we will be back at school sooner than you think which will be a lovely lovely day to celebrate lisa said it all but just to say too that it's okay to have some wobbly days we all have wobbly days so you don't have to be amazing and brilliant and every day um, it is just about getting up and doing your best with what you've got each day and reaching out for help if you need to. Well, thank you for sharing your insight today with us, Lisa and Lisa. We appreciate you taking the time. No worries. It's lovely to chat with you, Jack. It was lovely. Thanks, Jack. Great opportunity. My two guests today were Lisa Chalmers and Lisa Vanatza, member of COVID Response Team and Junior Schools Director of Primary Curriculum, respectively, at Barker College. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Hodgins, and all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.